0: Welcome to Sporting Life. Introducing
1: your host, Ed Draper. Hello, welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Ed Draper with you, sports broadcaster in the UK, chiefly for Sky Sports. How are you? Thank you for hitting on the button. Really appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate your company. Thank you as ever to the sponsors of the podcast, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service, And installations. Check out BNO underscore Cheltenham on social media. Bang Olufsen Cheltenham. Google it. Get the website, contact details, and phone numbers for Jason Briggs and his fine team. And Jason and his team through that company, Serene AV, always stress can provide you above and beyond the Bang Olufsen's wonderful range. They can provide you equipment that fits your vision, your budget, your needs, whatever that is in terms of home entertainment audio televisual, big screens, et cetera. So worth getting in touch with Jason Briggs and Serene AV, if not going into that wonderful store in Cheltenham here in the west of England at Bangalore Oliveson, uh, Really pristine place in the courtyard there in the area called Montpellier. Uh, so thank you to them. Thank you also to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company. My father, Dr. Mark Draper, who is a general practitioner and micronutritionist, has worked with as a consultant for 20 plus years. Devising some of the ingredient schemes for their multivitamins, vitamins, you might call them in particular, uh, but generally has uh, something we believe in in terms of supplementation above and beyond the, uh, the intake, even if you're eating very good food, micronutrients like selenium and zinc. So we take uh, their foundation formula or their immune complete range. But if you're looking to get a a particular supplement or a multivitamin vitamin, vitamin, something specific like vitamin D3, whatever it is, if you want to try their range, you can have the discount that we have uh, enjoyed. And actually, I think it's worth stressing we do pay for the supplements, which I think underscores the belief that we have in them spend a lot of money annually on them. But I believe that our family's health Uh, bears the burden of of proof for for that and personally anyway at least that's why we make that decision but it's a very personal decision but if you would like to try the supplements go to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk and upon checkout the discount code is draper10r so that's my last name d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numerals one zero and the capital letter r right thank you for uh, listening to this one really enjoyed this conversation trying to do more in person around Cheltenham conversations this is uh, with a guy I've known for a few years now wonderful kind of effervescent character Shane Duff who was a former footballer for Cheltenham town here and also played for Bradford injury curtailed his career prematurely and very abruptly without proper insurance payouts etc he was left pretty high in dry which rebuilt himself fantastically over the past decade as a property developer and a property coach. He'll tell you more about that, but really good to see this man every time. Really brings a smile to your face. Great energy, as they say. He is, of course, a brother of Michael Duff, the Cheltenham town manager, but Shane Duff is a, a force to be reckoned with in his own right, and great to have some time with him uh, in the sunshine here in Cheltenham today. So brilliant. Here he is, the one and only Shane Duff. Shane Duff. Welcome back to the podcast in person for the first time in three years. We're saying that we did see each other in the park over over lockdown. I think bumped yeah. into each other, but it's good, always nice. It's good to see.
0: It's good to see you. How's how's life? Life's busy, very busy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's quite good. The the outlook looks quite positive. Yeah, um, the sun's out, which always helps. I know. Um, you, you
1: get. I get affected by it massively, which I sort of annoy myself by that. But if it's cloudy when I wake up, I do find it harder to get going.
0: No, it is. I, I, I'm I'm an early riser, so I mm. get up, and it makes life look a lot simpler when you open the curtains and the the sun's there. Yeah, it's light. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it it makes a difference to me. It makes a difference to my mood. Yeah. So
1: what? Um, so life's busy in terms of what the property development.
0: Yeah, I, there's there's two there's two things that I do really. The first side is property investment. Mm. So whether that's developing, um, or look at looking for re- re- refurbishment projects, and we have to work with investors. So. In order to do more than one project at a time, mm. we bring in investment from people um, and then they help us fund the project and at the end, they get paid. Yeah. And then if there's anything left, <laughs> we get paid. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just something we've been grown over the last few years and it's done, it's done very, very well. Yeah. Uh, considering we've come through um, a lockdown yeah. and build, build, build prices and everything going crazy, um, we've got ourselves in a really, really strong strong footing when Mm. it looks good for the next few years so we do that but then equally then by night it's almost like a little bit of moonlighting (laughs) Um there's people who they pay me to be their like property coach yeah so it's whether they come to me looking for knowledge Mm. but it often turns into it's not just knowledge that they're at. it's a lot of like personal psychology well, it's a bit of everything, really. Yeah. It's a bit of accountability, motivation, psychology. It's seeing things from a different perspective, and I've done a lot of training in that that side of thing, like people development, mm. um, and I actually really enjoy that. And from an income perspective, that turns into almost like a monthly income. Yeah. So that keeps me keeps me ticking. Whereas the property development, the investment side, that's like the long term plan. Yeah. Can you predict
1: where, what income you get from that, or is it just?
0: Um, you can because you know, you've got your predictions of how you see. A project going Mm. and then what it turns out to be once you rattle everything through at the end you work out what's left and we normally we just then take that cash and we maybe we take some and we put it into the next project yeah um, and it just grows that way so you don't take out of that you keep that rolling do you yeah well I'm I'm trying to because as a self-employed person yeah you try not to pay yourself much because as soon as you start paying (laughs) yourself more you've got tax to pay yeah and if for example if we were to go make a certain amount of money on a project if I took that myself, I'd have to pay tax on it. Mm. But then on the next project, I might be saying to you, oh, Ed, if, if would you like to invest in this project? And I pay you a return. Yeah. So I think, well, rather than taking that money in the first place, we put it into that project and we pay ourselves an interest, mm. an interest return. So it just it's like a, if we create, we, we create the money in the first place and then we almost invest yeah. in our company. So we put a cost on that. Um, so hopefully, and it, while well, it's going well to plan, it's just accumulating. So when I'm an old man, I can sit and <laughs> relax. So, you, so you're calculating at the moment then on the price. Of, you said the cost going up, the price of bricks, yep. mortar, cement,
1: all that kind of stuff. And yep. so that's constant. What that's changing every day, is it? Every oh day. yeah,
0: it's, it's yeah. awful. We had a quote recently for four hundred and fifty thousand pound. Yeah. And then last Thursday, the quote turned into seven hundred and eighty-four thousand pound. What? So and it's it killed, so what,
1: it, nearly double. Not far off double. Yeah.
0: It just kills the project, and you go, well, actually, we're not going to do that project anymore. So you put it you just—you've got to just wipe it away and go. Okay, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We can't afford. We we can't afford the where we're in, especially when you're using peer money, mm. where people that we've got and we've got a hundred percent record um, of paying people in their interest, and we've paid so much money out to investors over the last five years, but we can't afford to even be slightly risky. Mm. So we're probably quite risk averse investors yeah but i think we have to be do you um, risk your payment do you in terms of your profit or do well, you- we're always the first if anything gets cut it's that we're all we're always the last people to get paid yeah so everyone else's money is protected and then you've got all the profit that's projected so anything that if, any, if there's an overspend of a little bit of money mm. that comes out of our profit first so the only people that get hurt are us
1: yeah wow so it's a complex business, isn't it what do you do you think it's going to be sustainable then with the, the prices going up or how' does it how does it work? I mean that's obviously going to change in the long term i suppose
0: well, it's trying to couple up prices going up, cost of living going up, yeah, but also with inflation yeah because i'm I'm certainly not an economist, but I've got quite a good understanding of how inflation works mm. so there's a lot of people out there saying you should massively get the biggest mortgage you can get right now really because If you think about what inflation is doing, you've got a fixed level of debt Mm. and inflation is actually eroding that debt. So let's just say someone's got a £300,000 mortgage. In five years time, it might still be £300,000, but actually the value of that £300,000 is less because inflation has diminished the value of it.
1: All oh, right. Okay. So, because so because other people think you'd kind of argue you, you'd always assume that if interest rates go up, that you can have to pay more per month on the mortgage. So you'd feel and you do. Yeah.
0: And that's where that's where it's like a bit of a balancing act where they're trying to put up the cost of living mm. to balance inflation because inflation is going th- through the roof. And if yeah. inflation takes off, it just means that each pound, work, pound pound coin is worth less. Yes. So it's sometimes people if people have like from our point of view, we've got people coming to us and saying can we invest some money with you? Because they might have X amount of money in the bank. Yep. Let's just say it's £100,000 mm-hmm. and it sits there for a year. They know that it still says £100,000 in, in, in their bank account, mm-hmm. but actually the value of it, it might only be able to buy you £95,000 yeah. worth of stuff in a year. Yeah. That is, that's very, very the basic level of it. So they want to invest it to make it grow. Yeah.
1: Because saving interest rates will go up as well won't they but i suppose it's never comparable to what you can make potentially on a, pro- on no. a property
0: yeah and it, and it is hard but we we're looking at loads of projects now and the amount of projects we look at and the ones that we pursue the ones we pursue are a very small percentage mm. because we have to factor in if if we're building new houses from the moment we buy to the moment we sell is a long period of time yeah in a long period of time lots of things can change as we know covid interest rates energy prices inflation all that so many variables and they're thinking well do we want to take that much risk mm. like if you said to me we're not a big enough outfit where if someone said do you want to go and build one site of 50 houses i'd say no thank you <laughs> just because of the risk is just through the scale the roof. of it yeah it's just through the roof and i'm sure you would be fine but who knows yeah um because if if cost of living goes up and mortgage lenders now start saying hang on we're not going to lend you that amount of money because mm. we don't think you can afford it yeah that means the price is potentially going to come down but again we don't know but I'm a big believer of being in the market is better than being out of the market because mm. we could sit here, before COVID, we could have, people could have gone, do you know what, let's just sit still, yeah. let's not do anything. And actually they would have missed out on a huge boom mm. in the property market over the last two, three years. So I think now it's the same. If people sit and do nothing for two, three years, it could be two to three years wasted. Mm. So we may be diversifying a little bit and doing a slightly different scale of project just to mitigate the risk.
1: Is it, is it better to have a big mortgage on the house that you live in like your prime residence particularly if you have a family or is it better to live modestly with a small mortgage that's affordable in case of a, a winter financial winter and then have investments beyond your own house or do you think mortgaging to the hilt with your own house with inflation possibly going up is that is that too is that good it's, advice? How there's no
0: see? I wouldn't I wouldn't advise anyone really no it's personal it's personal yeah. choice some people think that having their own house. Their their mission in life is to have a mortgage-free home because that is them. Mm. Anything can go on in the world, and they can go home and they've got a roof over their head. Yeah. Whereas some people see that as well. It's wasted money. Mm. Because, let's just say someone someone down the road in a very wealthy home in Cheltenham that's worth over a million pounds and it's mortgage-free. Some people might say, well, actually, you're going to leave that to your children and you're just going to burden them with loads of inheritance tax. <laughs>
1: yeah, have to sell But it, actually, yeah.
0: you're probably better off in a, a bigger house with a mortgage on it, and you leave you live a better life and who knows but it's very much personal dependent i I certainly wouldn't advise people in any uh, any what
1: what do you do personally would you we i want to try and
0: make sure a balance really i'm even trying to potentially talk my missus into selling our home taking the equity out and investing it really and actually renting the home because we all we always want to aspire to the next home Mm. but we've got quite a bit of equity in our home i'm like well if we sold that and we invested it and we rented the house that we want mm-hmm. we're not always planning for five years ahead you go yeah. well let's rent the house we want now it costs way more than a mortgage but the money getting taken out and invested in the company will make you more is going to make a return to help pay for the rent yeah so it's it's a real big someone balance.
1: else does your diy if you rent as well can ring them up. That's true. <laughs> the agency, That's which, is, true. which is what I miss from renting. Ah. I haven't got a clue with domestic stuff. So.
0: Yeah, so it's a very, um, it's a very very mixed bag. People, and I, I wouldn't tell people they're wrong or right in choosing what they, they choose to do. People have got their own yeah, their own views, especially when it comes to money. Not a lot of people like talking about money. No, I think I've always um, been
1: worried about money because I was in a high jeopardy career, so I think it's that kind of balance that you sort of, yeah, yeah you, you, you most want to keep it move from the sort of family stuff if you know what I mean. Sort of well, gam- gamble in your own time.
0: There's a lady I know in Cheltenham, um, Fanny Snaith, and she's like a certified money coach. Mm. And she was when the interest rates went up last week, um, Sky News Sky News got her on and she was on T V, like doing yeah, all this. Yeah. And she loves all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> like she she's got so many different accounts, yeah. she's got like some stocks and some shares but all all different stuff in different risk risk yeah. profiles. Yeah. Like she's not a financial advisor but she understands all that kind of stuff. Like she loves Martin Lewis or like. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she. And pe- people go to her, and there might be people who don't have enough money, and they're looking yeah. for help of her, but then there's people who go to her with far too much money, and they just don't have a clue what to do with it, mm. just because they don't focus on it. Yeah, um, because it's where you it, want to
1: put your time and your energy, isn't it? You've got those two, two commodities. And...
0: Yeah, it's mad really, because people, and it was a big thing for me, I'd never, I never spoke about money mm. uh, before, and now I've got to actively tell myself, if i'm around family and friends don't talk just because i'm comfortable talking about it yeah. try not to because yeah they don't care what i do no, no, no. It's, it's wrong to say they don't care what i do but they're not that interested in yeah or not interested in that that price of timber just gone up 50 quid and that's going to impact your profits so your brother michael
1: doesn't doesn't tell you where to put his, no, his no. playing money or anything from his, his days as football no
0: no no no, no. He, just, he he keeps up to himself does he yeah
1: that's interesting though isn't it that kind of that it, that about families that you kind of think people have expertise that you don't always draw on like we've got doctors in the family and to be fair we hammer them for information really? the whole time but yeah I suppose it's, it's whether you kind of yeah money's an interesting one isn't it because it yeah. isn't it's, it's sort of made up concept as well when you really think about money it's like this abstract thing that we put value on but you have to all believe in it it's like Bitcoin you have to believe in it to you think it's not independently like yeah. food is valuable because you need it to survive, but money is, we, ha- we created this thing that we all have to believe in.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's really weird. People's relationship with money is, is a strange one. Like some people don't like having it. And you see, you, I do, I read a lot of books, yeah. um, and generally they all got the same message, and all these successful business owners, and you try and think, well, if I can take a little bit away from them, yeah. and them, and them, you know, it might make me a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it does, and it, but the principles are all the same. And I think some people who are really, really successful, and they keep working until they're 70, 80 years old, I don't think they like having money, mm. but they like making it. Yeah. Um, and I can... It's a game. So. I can relate to that yeah. in a way, because they want some people just want to do the deal. But where some people... I think some people have got... Uh, they do it nicely and some people don't. Mm. I think some people would happily trample on other people to get to where they want to get to and I never want to be anything like that. Some people want enough money or energy,
1: however you see it, to like be free, don't they, from the system, so you can just sort of retreat from modern life and capital. You just kind of go and live by the seaside and well, that's have my, a fun life. Yeah,
0: that's my... My ambition is just to have choice, hmm. because, and it goes back from finishing football. Finishing football, I was all of a sudden I was like, I don't have any choice here. Hmm. And then when it, it's very precarious yeah. um, at the end of football. And like you said, your, your career is quite precarious. You yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, yeah. you what, don't
1: have much negotiation power because there's like 25 jobs of mine in the country.
0: Exactly, yeah? exactly. So, yeah. exactly. so then you've got a lot of people, they generally hold on to it. But you, you hold on to it and you don't invest it. Because ideally, you want, I want to invest in things that ultimately pay over a long period of time. Yeah, Like they call it the golden goose. Yeah. So the golden goose that lays the golden eggs, they pay you over time. Um, so I can have choice so I can if I want to go and spend a month of the year in a different country but I'm working out there fine if I want to go and like because I'm self-employed now but I've got the flexibility to when there's changes with nursery yeah. I can be the person that maybe helps out a little bit um, just to have flexibility and choice I don't ever want to be in a situation where I'm just restricted because I've, I've been in that situation a few times i thought, felt Do you know what I don't want that Mm. and I'll do all I can not to be in that situation really.
1: Yeah. No, it is is a difficult situation actually when you don't have that. that, I guess it is. I always think someone talked about money as energy and I keep mentioning it here but I think that is that just ability to to be flexible, to do things, to not feel kind of dependent on one thing. I think it's a nice, yeah multiple streams of income, my dad always said. Well, (laughs) it's (laughs) it's huge. It is
0: huge. And even what we're doing, we're trying to create multiple streams. Yeah. So even little things that I do, I'm trying to create lots of little streams of income that end up going in because when i finished football i basically any money that i'd earned in football went to zero because i put myself through university yeah the pension that i had i closed in order to fund my way through university mm. so i got into my early 30s financially i wasn't worth anything mm. i'd know my net value or net worth was zero
1: yeah but it was inside your head
0: yeah and i now needed to make sure i get <laughs> how do i now make that work yeah how do you get it out of your head and, and i'm ho- it with it? hopefully on the, the journey on the right path. Well it's
1: going well mate, it's brilliant to see because even the last few years that we've known each other I think it's definitely germinated and everything. we'll talk about Cheltenham Town in a, in a second but you're not, you said you're not coaching football anymore, you used to do the Gloucestershire FA weekends didn't you, the football courses?
0: Yeah, I used to, I really enjoyed it actually but again they changed um, due to lockdown, I used to like the face-to-face Yeah. because with property you spend a lot of time on the phone, a lot of time on a computer mm. um, just the way the world at the, at the moment yeah. and football, I, I enjoy football and, like you say, if you in property, all you're talking about is spreadsheets, finance costs, how much is this going to cost, how much do they need to do that, you're negotiating. Yeah. It's quite exciting, but it's also a bit dull. It's not where I like football. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, you, you kind of lose yourself, don't you? Which is why I still keep playing
1: and managed to do my ankle in me this year. So <laughs> I've got a dilemma now as I get back to fitness, but it does just, I, I just find it even coaching or, or playing it's just immersive isn't it you lose yourself in it it's escapism
0: it is and i used to go over there on a weekend you do a saturday and sunday you'd be work you'd be dealing with people in all walks of life mm. there might be people like yourself there might be solicitors there might be charity workers there might be policemen yeah all walks of life all doing the same thing and you're trying to help them become a better coach for their children's team and they're all really motivated because they're there generally because they've it's their own child they go i want to give them a better yeah. football experience and you, and you know, and I knew I was really good at it. I liked, I had an education background, but also a football background. Mm. So I thought I was very good at doing what I did and obviously I had a bit of football credibility. Yeah, which massively. in level ones, level twos, yeah. doesn't mean anything. But when you're coaching UA UEFA Bs, that's where the detail comes in. Yeah. Um, but then after lockdown, they changed all the system. I think they were cutting costs. Oh, okay. They didn't want to pay for venues. Because yeah. at level one, they'd have to hire a venue for three and a half days, and it'd be like a classroom and an yeah. AstroTurf. You just do your
1: first aid and a few games and stuff,
0: don't you? No. Yeah, Yeah, but then, and they obviously had to pay the tutor for three and a half days, and the first aid and the safeguarding officer for whatever. But now it's all went online. Really? And I thought, I don't actually believe in that. I thought, no. I've got, I've, I've now I'd obviously started a family as well, my little boy was young and I was actually giving up time with them to, computer, to go and do that, and I thought, that's not what I want to do. And I not, can still I'm, remember
1: my f- level one in year like 2000 when I was 18 or whatever, and we went up to, I think, Warwick, the University of Warwick, or maybe it was Birmingham, then we went to the University of Warwick for the, the level two, but yeah, I remember the guy called Tom Stack, who was the Birmingham FA, was doing it, and I vividly, I don't think I'd remember that if it was online, that's the thing, it wouldn't be in yeah. the memories of that. The, and I, I
0: really believed it, it must have been about six years ago now, maybe six years ago, maybe seven, where they completely revamped it all and they invested so much money into the whole England DNA. Mm. And it was, and Gareth Southgate was a big part of that when he was obviously coaching the younger age groups. Yeah. And it clearly has worked yeah. because obviously look what's happened to all the youth England football teams. And I think it's just part of the cycle now. They've gone in, COVID maybe acted as a bit, bit of a catalyst. They've gone, right, let's just cut loads of costs. Let's make the level ones, level twos all online. Yeah, massive But it's not it's no way near level going to be two, as good how do
1: you evaluate someone on level 2 though because we used to have to do it in front of people like coach people and then they'd, they'd I, assess you
0: I don't know now I'm not sure what the assessment technique is now Yeah. but I fully expect in a few years time yeah they probably saved loads of money the last few years and there will probably be like a dip in performance or something. Yeah. Someone else will come in and go, do you know what, we need to invest again. It probably just goes in like a cycle. That's how yeah. everything works, isn't it?
1: Well, so much a coaching personality, so it's almost a subjective assessment in person, isn't it? I think on paper yeah. you could be a great coach, yeah. but in reality, no, I'm not en- getting that information across.
0: I, w- I enjoyed it, but it was just one of those. My, my time kind of ended then. I thought, well, I wasn't going to do that. I didn't want to sit online anymore. Um, I, d- I do miss it, mm. but now my little boy he's turned into five. I take him to football on Saturday morning. and I'm not coaching at the moment because I don't really want to. Yeah. Um, but well, no. do, you
1: feel, do you feel sensitive that as an ex-pro, you kind of feel like you're kind of butting in a bit, or how does it, um, how does it work?
0: Well, I know I can't commit to every weekend at the moment. Oh, and okay. I'm, re- I'm a big believer if you commit to something, you, you've got to yeah. be there. So like if my lad starts playing football or cricket or something, like recently, we were going to we uh, they're going down to Devon this weekend. Yeah. But actually. He's not going until after his football Saturday morning. So I just think it's important to instill in them, well, be committed. Yes. Don't, be,
1: don't be flighty. I was yeah. listening to a friend of mine helps out um, a rugby club, and I won't say which one, but it's local, and he was saying that now there's like three different apps they have for availability, and it just sounds like a nightmare, you know, including WhatsApp and all the people have to say whether they're going to play or not. I think these are grown-ups, actually, like young 18, 19, 20-year-olds yeah. or whatever. But he said that then that they end up calling them anyway because people forget to fill out the app. It sounds whereas when we used to do it, it's like you had to phone the coach if you couldn't make it, yeah. And it was like you know kind of nerve wracking to ring the landline in <laughs> an evening and so, you know they'd be disappointed or whatever. Whereas now it's like if you can be bothered, you put yeah I can't make it going out with my mum or whatever on the weekend. It's,
0: it's just changed. Different. It's just changed. I know some of my friends still play still play cricket on a weekend. Yeah. And it goes they. They they always moan about oh, back in the day, no one would miss a game. There'd be 18 league games. You wouldn't even go on holiday. No. But now to get players to play probably 12 out of the 18 games, (laughs) is unheard of. Yeah, yeah. I think lifestyles have just changed. I think. Well, people are sort of.
1: I think mobile phones definitely, and it sounds bad, but naturally sort of encourage flakiness to a certain extent, don't it? Because you can cancel things at the last minute. Whereas, you know, I still remember been 14 15 and you'd arranged to meet your friend in town at 12 o'clock by the fountain or whatever and it was like you had to do it you know, Yeah, that was it there's no unless you're going to ring like their landline in the morning and speak to their mum and dad and say i can't make it or y-
0: you're so right they had to be if you made a plan you had to stick to it otherwise you were going to lose out yeah people yeah. now can think i can't be bothered i'll text them yeah i'll watch something well look at yeah. the whole dating scene yeah i don't think people actually go and knock on people's doors or take them out now they just think do you know what I'll, just, I'll go on my phone, Nah, I'm not really interested. It's, it's That's a brilliant test of character, was ringing a house and saying, "Can I, you, know, you liked a girl, can you speak to this girl? And her dad answered <laughs> Who the phone. <laughs> yeah,
1: her dad answered the phone. And then there'd be sometimes when they'd say that they weren't there, and you'd think, are they not there, or are they just making it up, they don't want me to speak to it. it's really. But now you just zing them a, a thousand Snapchat messages or whatever the, the teenagers do. Um, but it's good, mate, it's good that it's going really well. Have you, have you had a chance to get down to Cheltenham Town and watch the historic season this year?
0: Well, it is, well, it's a fantastic season, isn't it? And, and again, because of my kids, that one's two and one's four. The four-year-old doesn't like watching the whole game mm. just because he's got no <laughs> attention span, which no. is understandable. But then equally, I don't like taking them because all my family like going. Yeah. And my kids, if you put them in a restricted area... To get a it is, well, it's unfair. It's unfair for the other people watching the game, and mm. I don't want people to think that the kids are a burden. No. So, but I have managed to get there quite a few times, and it's just been great fun.
1: What have you made of it? Did you? Did you Brilliant. Think, do you think they
0: had it in? Them? Michael had it in him to do this record finish in League One, fifteenth. No, I, 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 did I think Michael had it in him? Yeah. Did I think he'd do it at Cheltenham? No. Mm. I really didn't. I'd be lying if I think he did. Because the resource. Yeah, it's ultimately it's a game of that, and he had to. He had a skeleton squad where you think, right, well, I've assembled this squad and I need to try and do some recruitment, get some loans in yeah. and back yourself to go and coach them, to f- integrate into the team and get results on a Saturday, and that's what they've done. Yeah, they've, they've conceded a few goals and they've scored a few goals and they've had some entertaining <laughs> games, but it, it's brilliant. I, I know I spoke recently how there was, some time, there was one game I went to and it got booed off at half-time, mm. I think, and I think they were 12th in League One you like, go on, let's get, <laughs> let's get some perspective. Yeah. But it makes you smile because that's ultimately Michael and the, the team and the squad. They have raised the expectations of the football fans in Cheltenham. Yeah. But the people who don't know football in Cheltenham, which is the majority, they just think, oh, well, 17th, oh, that's not that good. Yeah. Or 15th, that's, that's not that good. Because they don't really know the difference of... It's a non-league club. What, 24 years ago yeah so, yeah yeah it, and it's been no it's been brilliant it's really really good for our family it's amazing just because him now his boys i was telling you earlier about it, the relationship with his boys and my boys is, yeah. is amazing um so we're thoroughly grateful that he decided to come back home for that <laughs> um his wife jess outstanding her family all from cheltenham it's, amazing. it's It's just really really good like you go up in cheltenham's a festival town yeah i went up to the jazz festival the other week i bumped into jess's sister jess's mum and it's, it's just a nice place to be and everything's just good at the moment. It's just a, it I'm good. sure it won't always be so good, so you've got to make the most of it now. Well right? he said that didn't he, he said that things
1: never last, so I, think, I guess football, particularly at that level, is a real powerful metaphor for life because actually, things change so rapidly yeah. at League One Like you said, it's the recruitment. It's not like Liverpool, like Jurgen Klopp, can build a core of a great team, it's fantastic, and he's outdone the finances, really, to compete with Manchester City. But he has that foundation of four, or five year contracts that he can give players, and then he can add to it. And Whereas yeah. at, at Michael's level, he's literally, what every two, three months, he's having to rejig the whole squad. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the Cheltenham players, I read an article yesterday, um, Andy Williams, he's just been released. Yeah. Um, and he's had a fantastic career, like yeah. at lower level, and he, I think he said he had like three promotions in five years and he's probably going to be scratching around looking for a club mm. he said not many careers 36, do you have,
1: or 20, 36 yeah yeah
0: not many clubs or careers would you have so much success but be pay, be taking pay cuts and where his i think his wife or his girlfriend because he's a local boy himself yeah and he was talking about how they probably had it easy because he has had three-year contracts yeah and like well and three-year contract is nothing no in in life yeah in football it's long but now it might be, might be one year contracts and then two year contracts and then people start thinking, ah, what are going to do next? It's life on fast forward, isn't it, it's a professional sports person's
1: career because you, you have that kind of your career, you're a young person, very young, and then yeah. you're kind of like a, a, an average pro at like 25 in the middle of your career and then it's, you know, it's, then it's kind of hanging on later on. And I suppose like older people will in the workplace when they're in their 60s. It's like you feel less yeah. of a, a valued commodity. But, it's, but I don't know, what advice would you give to someone like that? Would you, would you keep playing or would you sort of then figure the out definitely, what to do? Yeah,
0: next? definitely keep playing. But um, because, because my career ended so abruptly, I played my last. i would retired at 29. Yeah. But I played my last game at 28. So I'd only played for 11 years. And when I went back to university, I actually studied. My dissertation was the transition from life in sport to life after sport. Mm. So I did a lot of research into player identity and transition. Yeah. And like the grief cycle and things like that. And what made, what was fascinating and I really enjoyed it. Most people hate their dissertation. <laughs> I loved it because it was actually my life personal, yeah um and i actually i interviewed different people people who had been like released and deselected at 18 what was their transition like to people that were mid-career who had like a sudden whether it be a career injury all of a sudden stopping and then went right through up to the right end of the game mm. um, where players were 35 36 who had came to almost maybe a more natural end to see what their transition was mm. and the people like who go on a bit longer they deal with it better in general because they've See, seen it coming. They yeah. go, actually, I'm 30-odd now. What should I do? Mm. So they maybe start making a few calls or start maybe putting things in place.
1: Did you do different levels? Because I think there's, it's a very tiered system, isn't it, in England, where if you're a millionaire, it's like, what are your choices? They're different than if you're you know, a League yeah. 1 or 2 player.
0: Well, I always thought it was finance related, I always thought, oh, you see loads of footballers get, they get divorced Mm. and I I thought, oh, it's probably because they stopped bringing the money in type thing, but actually the the whole identity identity thing was huge, actually, um, and I won't name names or anything, but I remember talking to a few players where they stopped playing and they were sat in the house and actually they just fell out with their wife because they were there so often, they had no value, Mm. they had no self-worth, they weren't contributing anything, so they felt useless in the family and they're young they got like yeah yeah Useless in the live. family and then the wife was like going, well come on get off you get off your backside do this do that and the whole dynamic just changed yeah um and then i even interviewed i interviewed an ex-wife of a footballer and said so oh, wow. uh, i did the whole thing like okay trying to get loads of different perspectives and i definitely found the people who it was involuntary mm. and not a choice they were the ones who suffered the most because if you think about in sport you get told what to eat when to train where to go what to do what you've got to wear yeah. you've got to wear your blue t-shirt on a match day <laughs> and then all of a sudden like i never forget the one day where it was the first summer where i sat watching sky sports news and it was where they go around the grounds while they're backing for pre-season yeah. and i was like God, that's where they really hit you in the face thinking what we're going to do
1: it's high status as well isn't it so you're going from high status job where people revere you whatever yeah. level it is yeah and then actually you you then starting again
0: and I like with myself it's almost like I've just had to create a whole new identity now mm. like I'm, I might bump into a few people now they go oh you're the guy that does the property now yeah and people and I like that because they, they won't ever go oh you're some people might say but especially around the local area they're like oh you're the guy that used to play for Cheltenham back in the day yeah like, yeah, yeah. And that was me back then but I'm not doing that now like my boy doesn't know. He wouldn't know that I used to play football. He'd go, oh, don't, don't, don't you do some houses or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you making do that look houses. nice? Are yeah. you making that look nice, Daddy? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he'll get, he'll get more appreciative as he gets older, I'm sure, and, and kind of realises what you're able to provide for him. How much anxiety do you feel for, for Michael at the moment? And with that flux, do you feel that people have short-term memories? Do you think he should move when the going's good? Uh, how do you look at it?
0: Um, I don't think he'll have much anxiety about it now, because it, it will be what it will be. Mm. Um, I think he said himself, if I think I've heard him I heard him say in one interview before where he goes, this is the best he's ever he's ever had it, mm. and so be it, he'll take it. But if he manages to get higher, he you've got to take the opportunity. Like when the opportunity came to manage Cheltenham. Yeah. He had to take it because he'd been in development football for a couple of years and he mm. thought, right, well hang on, I don't want to get labelled as a have the identity of a development coach. Yeah, that's interesting. I wanna be a number one. Yeah. And you had you get seen as a number one. And he's done that now and I think I think he's put himself in the in a great position. He won't jump into a hot mess though, you get the feel with Michael, don't you? Yeah, he's not he's, gonna he's balanced he's not yeah. daft. He's certainly not daft. He keeps his he keeps his card guards close to his chest, but I think he's got a real yeah. inner hunger and in inner, inner desire to do well. Um and he said it interestingly enough. He said he's always taking motivation and proving people wrong. It's mm. not been his not his main not his main driver, yeah. but he was always told he was too small, or you weren't good enough, or you, you're not good enough to he play in the league. He's like six foot three now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, you're not you're not good <laughs> enough to play in the championship. Oh, if you get in the Premier League, you'll be cast aside. Yeah, um, I'll never forget one game. They were playing Man City on a Friday night. I was in I was in a pub, and I got beat. I think six nil. And some bloke took great enjoyment, going, "Oh, I see your brother struggling." And I was like, "Yay!" He's struggling in the Premier League. It's quite tough, though, isn't it? There? <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to yeah. put a little bit of perspective yeah. in there. Uh, but, yeah, that guy's probably struggling on the Sunday morning, or not even that. Yeah. Yeah, but no, he's he's clearly put a lot of work into it, and I've been very impressed with how he's handled hand himself with the media. Yes, he's had a lot of success so far. So, how would you cope with adversity? He, but, sleep, he
1: sleeps well. He's not in a high. He's not hangs He says he just can switch off. He's quite a you know chilled out guy. When you hear compared to some of the managers who are 24/7 checking their phone in the middle of the night, he's, yeah. he's someone that's able to do what's needed. And then well, I think that's where relax. his family,
0: his, his family, like his wife, Jess, and his boys, they'll keep him yeah. fairly grounded. I know, I know he said recently that he's got, he's got a few days away here and there, and he's always said, right, okay, you can have your phone for like a period of time during the day. Yeah. So it's, it's just the sign of a good communicator isn't it? that's that's credit to him and yes
1: he reads humans well doesn't he do think that's credit to your parents as well because it seems to be that's the fulcrum of what he's done with bringing people in they're, they're good humans that come into the club
0: i think so i think i, I do think that's credit down to um, my parents because they're, they're very much people people mm. um we, they come from big families yeah so they always dealt with people being leaders of people um, and i think naturally that's transpired down to myself michael and kerry um, she's a school teacher um, mm. done really really well. She's gone into management now within schools um, Lived in lived in Malaysia, and yeah. I think when you've even I think Michael himself He's the oldest out of the three of us. I think he had about nine schools I, I can't remember yeah. how many schools he had but so you like when to he really, adapt. Yeah, I think you've got to and sport was a bit of a medium for that like if you could kick a ball around <laughs> You got to make a few mates. Yeah, aren't you? yeah, that's true. And I think that's how it, um how it transpired but yeah i think it's definitely down to that and i think reading people and people skills and emotional intelligence i think is a huge a huge factor in how people are there's a lot of insecurity
1: at that level isn't it so if you can offer a bit of transparency and clarity about what they're getting from you, and he also yeah. tries to recruit relatively local people, doesn't he, so they're not travelling
0: four or five hours yeah. to get there. Well, he can't afford, because if, if, he, if he gets someone that's come in four hours, he's got to pay for their accommodation, the <laughs> yeah. club can't afford it. Yeah, exactly. So he, he's got to say, well, will you come here, but pay your own petrol? Yeah, I think he goes to, <laughs> so, was it Reading, Bristol and
1: Birmingham, which is like, and Oxford, which is kind of like, circle he was drawing yeah. around and I guess, uh, yeah. It,
0: make, it makes sense though. But no, he's, he's, he's obviously got a lot of skills to take from lots of managers he's played under. Yeah. Um, and now he's learning on the job, thick and fast. And the, the best thing that comes out of it is think, you're only as good as your reputation. And people who have been at the club and gone away from the club, even players that maybe didn't play as much under Michael, mm. it's interesting to hear what they say. Because it's easy to talk about a player that played under Alex Ferguson who played every week. Yeah. They'll talk positively, but the players that don't play, <laughs> they don't generally yeah, talk so positively. Yeah. But I think in general, most people are coming out going, no, He's built. He's built a good culture in the club. And Consistent culture is important.
1: Yeah, C- communication and consistency. Quickly before you go, what did you make on that note of Rob Edwards going from Forest Green to, to Watford? Because El Glosco's back, isn't it, in League One <laughs> next season? And, and that is, if you're going, kind of, oh, it's a big promotion, I guess, to get to a team that's just come out of the Premier League. But Watford, I remember Jeff Stelling saying to me, to run their own
0: Manager of the Month competition every yeah. month. <laughs> so they have so many. <laughs> that's, that's a great line. Yeah, but I was I was surprised, but I'm not surprised. Mm. And I read Dale Vince's uh, comments yesterday, and he's—I completely see why he's really, really aggrieved. But it is football, and he said he told him that his agent and Watford had told him not to say anything. If they tell him not to, he's not going to, is he? Yeah. And it's—I get it. He'd have loved to have probably done it on a on a different standing, but it's one of those. Dale Vince—I I, don't—I don't know the bloke at all. Mm. But I heard he was looking to sell tricity is, is he looking to go into politics? All right. Is—is is he? Is that actually true? Mm. Is, he, is he going to be back in the football club? Rob Edwards doesn't know. Yeah. Is Rob Edwards maybe trying to strike while well iron's hot? Because that
1: long-term ambition was championship, wasn't it? Dale Vince has said, I think, in the past. Yeah. I don't know whether
0: that holds true, like so. say. It, it would be, it'd be great if they can get there, and the whole green thing is very, very topical right now. Mm. Um, but I think as a football person, would you prefer to be managing at Watford or Forest Green? He's just done something amazing at Forest Green. Football's yeah. a short career. If he if he loses 10 games next year yeah Dale Vince would probably be telling him to get on his bike he'll be like right see you later you've done a great job last although, year but he, Watford definitely will well yeah, yeah Watford definitely will and he might he might live to regret it yeah but I think if he goes to Watford and gets sacked what's worse he goes to Watford and gets sacked or he doesn't go to Watford any visits from mid-table with Forest Green next mm. year? What's what's the best situation? What's the worst? Who knows? I think they'll, they'll expect promotion to the Premier League, won't they, Watford, I suppose, because of what Probably. they've done in recent seasons. Probably in their history of mm. if you don't get the results straight away. Mm. But, yeah, so that is... It's difficult when people ask about player loyalty and manager loyalty, but clubs don't often...
1: Stick by a manager that's stick, not winning games. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, they don't. It, so, I, I, I can... I, I get it. I understand it. It's not a great situation, and I feel really sorry for Forest Green and Dale Vince in this situation. And if he gets sacked by Watford,
1: though, you know, going back to the brass tax, he'll get financial security potentially for, for yeah. a number of years.
0: He'll go there. He'll get. So what's? will tell you what, is is an idea then? So, what's his credibility as manager? He goes to Watford. He gets sacked in November. Mm. Is he going to be in a better position to get a job there, or if he's Mid-table in League One at Christmas, and he's still in the job. Yeah. Where's Where's his stock? Probably. He might get a League One job again, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if he gets sacked from Forest Green, he may not get a League One job. He might have to go. Conference That's or exactly League that. Or, yeah. Exactly that. So I can completely understand why why he's made the decision. He's probably thought, well, I might not get this opportunity again. And in football, you've got to take risks. Yeah, it's a different world, isn't it? than most people are trying to kind of uh, yeah. you know relate it to
1: average careers and jobs. It's a different. Well, I think that, that loyalty things always always yeah. makes you tickles you a bit that. I think it go people sort of expect it one way and then but if a player's not playing or a manager's not delivering then they'll yeah. get shipped out by a club. It's, and it's I, I don't know brutal. where he I
0: don't know where he's from, I don't know where he lives, his wife's family might be mm. they might live they might come from Watford, they might live in that area, you might want to get out of this area, yeah. who knows? There's probably loads of factors. He might have children children issues, they might want to be somewhere. Yeah. Who knows? There might be loads more factors in it.
1: Yeah, human thing. But yeah, we forget that, don't we? they real people, actually. Sometimes it's so a yeah. big, which is why it's great chatting to you and, and Michael and stuff in the past and getting that sense of of all the considerations. Shane, brilliant to speak to you. I know you've got to run to a meeting. How do people follow you? So I guess you might want people who are looking to invest or, or get some coaching themselves. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um No, that'd be good, actually. It's, it's Lecumpton Property Group is mm. the Facebook and Instagram. We've been a bit quiet recently, but we've had a lot going on in the background, which we'll... We're now start promoting it a lot, of it's been almost incognito. All right. Uh, just nice. been head down, but a lot of projects have just finished now, just come into fruition. Like a block of 12 flats in Manchester, we just had value yesterday, finished, all rented out. Uh, got some stuff in London. Did you London. do that pub in Oldham years ago? That yeah. It happened, yeah. We sold that for a crazy price. Did you? Stupid price. Wow. We ended up selling it to an investment company. Yeah. And they just paid probably about 250 grand more than what it was worth. Wow. Well, we bought it for one eighty and sold it for eight sixty. amazing in Oldham. <laughs> that's amazing,
1: isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. that's a different world to Cheltenham. I mean, Cheltenham we're like you yeah. know, two bed flats, five hundred grand or whatever. Yeah,
0: so. and the twelve flats we've just done in, in Oldham as well. All oh, right, cool. We've just finished those. But no, people can contact me on through the Instagram of, of Facebook, the Property Group. Thank you. Nice, brilliant, Shane. Good to thank see you. Thank you for your Catch time. Up. and good to speak to you.
1: Yeah, good to see you. Catch up soon. Got a smile after spending time with that guy. I can see how he gets work as a property developer coach, and that psychology is probably all important in most areas of life, isn't it? It's not just the nuts and bolts of whatever industry you're in. It's kind of, I guess, uh, getting over any insecurities, any mental blocks, whatever it might be, to success in in your realm. So really cool to to get Shane's insight. Hope to get a few more people like Shane on semi regularly now that the lockdown's passed, and just get some people that. You get kind of that uplift from where I do. And hopefully you enjoy that. So let me know if you did enjoy it. Please rate the podcast on iTunes, whatever platform you're listening to, Spotify, or get in touch. You can email the podcast at hello at drapermedia.co.uk or indeed seek me out on social media. Ed Draper uh, Sports would bring it up usually in terms of my social media handles, a bit more convoluted. Ed Draper 81 on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper. underscore media on Instagram which is uh, hard for me to remember let alone yourself but thank you for listening to the podcast appreciate it really enjoyed that with Shane thank you to the sponsors Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installation check out Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham online remember through Serene AV they can source you whatever you're after in terms of home entertainment whatever suits your budget your vision worth getting in touch with them. It's not just Bain Olofsson's world-renowned, world-class equipment. Uh, so thank you to them. Thank you also to Cytoplan for their association with the podcast, food-based supplements we've been taking for 20 plus years. And if you would like to share that discount, go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. And the discount code at checkout is Draper10R, my last name, all capital letters D R A P E R. The numerals uh, one zero and the capital letter R. Thirty percent off upfront, ten percent for future purchases. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you well. I hope you're enjoying the sunshine every in the UK, and hope it's good wherever you are in the world. And uh, wishing you a fantastic a rest of the week and a weekend to come. Goodbye for now.